Blog Talk Radio. Don and I don't know if it's even true because we never actually heard it, but it got mentioned in several articles after it was allegedly said on the radio by Todd in, in like a Norwegian radio station that he was going to do this a Wizard of True Star total album start to finish tour. Do you know anything uh, okay. about this? Uh, uh, let me tell you about that. Uh, one of the promoters who promoted one of the shows in England approached Todd and said, "I've got an idea. Uh, I think you should do Wizard start to finish." You know, so Todd emailed me, and and I called the promoter, and we talked about it. This what this is what four years ago or something, three years ago, and uh, and we said we'd be very interested in entertaining an offer, and we never heard back from the promoter again. <laughs> then he went and did the arena tour of England, uh, and once again the same promoter was one of the promoters of one of those UK shows, and once again he he brought it up to Todd again, and so I emailed the guy again. And I said, hey, we, you know, we, we were up for it then we're, uh, in terms of get, receiving an offer from you. We're, we remain up for it, please. Happy to get an offer. Still haven't heard anything. Hmm. Okay. So you that, 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 I'll make so it that's, happen. We'll <laughs> that, make it happen. Record Radio, a watch tour. Uh-oh. Yeah. There we go. It may be miles beyond the moon or right there where you stand.
you know, Todd kind of liked the notion that it was that record because that record was, you know, his 180-degree turn after something, anything, to the dismay of the record company and to the dismay of radio. And back then they were hoping for, you know, a follow-up to something, anything in the same vein. And uh, so it's actually a record that's near and dear to Todd's heart because it was so contrary.
everybody. Welcome to another edition of Rungan Radio. We have already got a special guest on, a little surprise guest. I'm very thrilled because this was a tough one to find and a tough one to get on. But we have Arthur Wood, the original painter for the original A Wizard, A True Star album. Mr. Wood, how are you doing? Fine, how are you? Doing great. Melinda's on the line with us over in Texas. Hi, Arthur. It's Mel here. Hi. Hi, how are you? Good. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I've been thinking about some ideas for Todd's uh, poster. Uh, I've just sat down and jotted down a few ideas here. Excellent, excellent. People listening don't know, but we're trying to get Arthur to do a poster for us for the A-Watch show in Akron, of course. So uh, that would be a very unique situation to have the original artist for the Wizard album. What I wanted to ask you is uh, what, uh, what lettering are you going to put on the poster? I could include some of it. Uh, of course, you're going to have Todd's name, right? Yes. yes How's uh-huh. he spelling his name now? With two D's? <laughs> yes. Uh, well, no, just one. Well, two D's on the first name, yeah, Todd, T-O-D-D. Todd, yeah. R-U-N-G. No, R-U-N-D-G-R-E-N. R-U-N-D-G-R-E-N, yeah. G-R-E-N. Yes, sir. R-U-N-D. Oh, yeah, I left a D out. Yeah, I'll figure out the good stuff. So uh, we were talking earlier, Dave. You told me the story about Todd getting you to do that artwork. Can you tell our listeners that story? Oh, yes. I, I was – I have a studio in Manhattan, and I was – there was a knock on the door one one afternoon, and I opened the door, and there was Todd standing. I didn't know who he was, and uh, he had uh, black boots on and a silver shirt. And he says, hi, I'm Todd Rundgren. And I says, yeah, who the hell is Todd Rundgren? <laughs> <laughs> and he says, it's me. And I, I says, well, what do you want? He says, you're an artist, right? And I says, yes, I'm an artist. He says, I want you to do my album cover. I says, look, I'm a painter. I don't do album covers. And I started to close the door, and, you know, right in his face. And uh, he stuck his foot in the door. <laughs> and jammed the door open and started to say something. And I says, he said, um, I'll give you anything you want. I says, come in. <laughs> <laughs> and he gave me exactly what I wanted, except, uh, you know, I had to deal with a, a bunch of uh, uh, art directors. I think Johnson, Eating, and Clapper were their names. In fact, they're on the the inside of the of the Todd Rundgren album in green, and uh, all mooning you, you know, with the with their rear ends. Showing. <laughs> is that who it is? Huh? <laughs> well, if you've had the album, you can see it. It's, oh yeah, it's there. And um, also on that album is is an alphabet which I designed, and uh, no one, uh, you know, I've never bothered to tell anybody. Uh, uh, how to decipher it, and there's quite a bit of information on that that uh, is unavailable to the public. And I was thinking of maybe including the alphabet on on the poster. That'd be cool, or yeah. something like that. Well, yeah. anyways, I I have a few ideas here. Uh, last time I saw Todd was on television, and uh, I hardly recognized him. He was all dressed in black, like Johnny Cash, <laughs> and. Um, I kind of, it was totally the opposite of what he looked like when I did his album cover. 
So I have a few ideas here that I've been kicking around. Um, it brings to mind a 19th century freight train, only this one isn't going on the ground. It's going straight up in the air. It's sort of like a, a, a cross between a, a freight train and a rocket ship. And um, it's blasting off into space, and there's Todd looking like Abraham Lincoln in a, in a stove, <laughs> stove top hat. Yeah. And uh, a number of other images of him. Wow. Kind of, it's kind of like a cross between, um, well, uh, Flash Gordon and, um, and you know, like uh, Star Wars. <laughs> Sounds wild. So, <laughs> with the original album, do you remember what Todd paid you back then? How much did he pay yeah, me? Yeah. Uh, about 2800 bucks, something 2800 like that. bucks. Was that big bucks back then for art? Pardon? Was that a lot of money for art back then? Heck no! You know it was it was uh, you know uh, no it wasn't. Uh, my paintings even at that time started at much higher, but I thought it would be fun to do, and uh, it was over the uh, uh, Christmas weekend and about a week before Christmas, and uh, um, that album he spent a lot of money producing that, and that was the you know it's cut out and. Uh, it costs a lot to uh, to uh, produce and to make and to print, and uh, he spent all his money on that. And so after that, he just had to have a one hit at least, and he got <laughs> and he got one out of it. Yeah. Well, um, <laughs> the, the, uh, did he give you any idea what he wanted on an album? He just said, "Draw me something up." Oh yes, he he gave me you know he did a, there's a little sketch on the on um, part of that album that that actually he designed and uh, it's a little area of a, a, a sort of a star shaped uh, um, bit of a, uh, part of the design in the bottom mm -hmm. but uh, uh, that's that was from Todd. The the thing that he liked the most was uh, my signature, which is repeated six times in, a, in around the album. That actually says A W A W A W repeated around. That's the large, major pattern, the one that's uh, impossible. Uh, I once saw someone coming down the street here in New York with with the drawing, my drawing. You know, and I says, well. I said, there's a certain method to how to do that. <laughs> and he said, well, it took me forever to do, and I looked at it. I said, you did a pretty good job. And he says, how the hell did you do it? You know, and I says, well, that's different. I'm I'm a pro. <laughs> <laughs> and A.W., coincidentally, the first two, the first letters of the first two names of the album and then yours, so people probably thought it meant A. Wizard versus Arthur Wood, I bet, if they could decipher Well, it's sort of, yes, that's true. It, it's sort of a, there's, there's a double meaning there. And that album cover, that album actually has no insides. It's got four covers. Mm -hmm. uh, each one, the two green ones inside and the one on the front and what appears to be the back are both fronts. If you hold up the back or either the front in front of a mirror, you can still read Todd Rundgren on either one of them. Mm -hmm. uh, it always says Todd Rundgren, no matter. You'll read it on a different set of letters, but it says Todd Rundgren. And um, the inside, there's 
that's actually a photograph of part of uh, uh, Todd's studio at the time, or or maybe the studio of these art directors. They were absolutely nuts. They stayed in my studio while I was drawing for a good portion of the time, and uh, there was one of them in particular that had this kept calling up this young lady that he had a date with. And he he postponed it for twelve hours, and that was really really funny. <laughs> now speaking of dates, Todd was with BB at the time when when he first met you. Is that right? Pardon. BB Buell was she with Todd when he walked in to get to talk to you about doing the artwork? Well, I didn't know who he was. I mean, no. he wasn't very well known. I'm right. telling you, if Michael Jackson had walked <laughs> in, I wouldn't know who he was either. Right. You know. right. Elvis, yeah, I know Elvis. Elvis, yeah. But um, anyways, uh, I, I was actually a rock promoter for a short time. After that, I had um, I was connected with a promoting a rock group from Philadelphia, which had uh, one singer that weighed 500 pounds, <laughs> and uh, they had a separate car just for him, a separate limo, just. Uh, you couldn't put anything more weight-wise in this limo other than him, <laughs> and uh, you couldn't fit anything either because he's, uh, he was pretty big around. Yeah. And um, I tried to get, uh, of all people, to promote them, Catherine Hepburn, which I happen to know. But, <laughs> of course, that was quite a stretch. Yeah, the original boogie. Yeah, so uh, what... The, the actual artwork that you did for that album, Co. Tell me a little bit from uh, uh, the art. What what is it? What kind of canvas is it on? Or what kind of is it? A oil painting? Or just a painting? A drawing? It's, a sketch? It's uh, on a panel. It's actually not on canvas. It's on a panel, and uh, it's an oil painting. And uh, which I usually, you know, I paint on panels. I don't paint on uh, hardly ever on canvas because. When the weather's damp, the canvas loosens up, and then when it gets hot out, like today, it tightens. And then the, throughout the years, the loosening and the tightening tends to crack the paint. Uh, Todd's album cover looks exactly like it did the day I painted it. Uh, no cracks any place because of the particular technique I use. And uh, not, in fact, there are no cracks in any of my paintings. Some of them are over... 55 years old. Well, you got a great memory of that situation and doing that artwork. I never forget anything. Yeah. <laughs> and, and other than, yeah, uh, I, I, I always have been like that. And I, I remember what, you know, his entourage was wearing at the time. And, uh, and you know, the whole trip. I, in fact, I can remember what he looked like and, and do a sketch of him, even though he's he's not here to, to look at. But uh, the basic you know, long lankiness of him and his sunken cheeks and uh, whatever. He, he probably still looks remotely the same. <laughs> hey, uh, there's a website that claims they can decipher your symbolism on this album. So I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna tell you what they said, and you tell me if they got it right. You ready? Yeah, I'd like I'd, I'd like you to try to figure that out because uh, my alphabet has no relationship to the uh, regular alphabet other than one thing. Mm -hmm. uh, it has the same number of wide numbers, uh, the wide letters like H's and O's, mm -hmm. and uh, there's the same number of narrow, uh, narrow figures, mm -hmm. uh, 
things like eye and whatever. And also there's the same number of strokes, uh, the minimum strokes of between one and three. But I don't think anyone could figure out uh, what it says. But, Here we uh, go. This guy says, it says, I, Arthur Wood, painted this. Be true to your words, and your words will be true to you. Be true to yourself and your work. I will be as true to you as I can. Tenderness is the secret to love as far as I can see. And then Todd Rundgren. Okay, that person knows me. <laughs> they got it, huh? Awesome. Uh, yes, because yeah. uh, no one other than myself has copies of that alphabet. And uh, that's exactly what it yeah. says. Uh, where did that come from? Kempa, K-E-M-P-A dot com. They said it's a Tampa, crypto Florida. rock list. They got it. Uh, Kempa, K-E-M-P-A dot com had it. They coded a bunch of covers, so they claimed that they coded it, but they must have known somebody you know. Well, that might be possible because uh, uh, E is the most common letter in the in the uh, alphabet, and any code breaker could probably figure it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, although... Uh, Sometimes I change, I change the alphabet. Uh, the same letter could mean a different letter and another time around. And that, mm-hmm. that allows you to swear at people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the origin of that was during the Renaissance. Uh, they use uh, if you if you today used the English language and you had a portrait of yourself. And it would say, you know, Doug at the age of whatever your age is. Mm-hmm. It would read like a sign, and and you couldn't pay attention to the portrait. So what what you would do, what they did in the Renaissance is all the the inscriptions were in Greek because nobody knew Greek, and in Greek it says the the name of the person mm-hmm. and the uh, age of the person. And throughout different times, there was always a different language that was unfamiliar to the language of of the people looking at the painting. That's so it wouldn't read like a sign. So that's what I did. I, I made uh, something that that wouldn't be in English because you'd keep reading it over and over again. Mm-hmm. And uh, is this are these words that Todd came up with, or you came up with? What? Like, be true to your words. Your no, words that's me. That's all you, huh? That, that, that is that is my psychology at the time. I was, I had a, um, well, I was pretty successful as far as, as. <laughs> I, uh, that's another whole story. Mm-hmm. I, I, I had more women around me than any rock star ever. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, all right. <laughs> what? That's not X-rated. I know. Yeah, happy to hear some women's stories. Maybe later. Yeah, actually. Well, actually, what I have decided to put on my tombstone is the following: uh, He did things you only dream of. <laughs> you only read about in books. <laughs> that might be a good idea. Yeah. In, in a in a film, a short film that I did, when it mentions the '60s, all I do since the film was not about the '60s, all I did was smile. <laughs> and say, well, that's another whole story. Another whole story, I hear you. <laughs> oh, uh, wow. Todd, uh, have you any of his latest music? Or oh, yeah. He... Of course. Yeah. Uh, what, what's he writing now, anyways? Well, the last album he did was just last year, almost a year. Well, it didn't actually come out a year ago, but that's when he first performed it live. It's uh, Actually, it's kind of a, well, he calls it arena rock, so it's really... 
heavy guitar rock and roll, I guess would be a way to describe it. Do you agree with that, Crazy Mel? Yeah, kind of a throwback to the 70s and 80s. Uh, I always liked his music. He ne- he never really uh, got something that really clicked on a, a large scale, but I can tell you one thing. Uh, I had I interviewed a, a, one of the uh, top groups here recently. They were in New York. A lot of them come to Brooklyn because they have uh, YouTube. I spoke to the persons from U2. They were visiting people in Brooklyn near my home. A lot of people, a lot of rock groups have friends around here. And they actually, they actually liked Todd a lot. And uh, they said they were influenced by him. In fact, uh, a lot of people were. And he is held in great respect for a lot of these groups that you probably would not even think they would be concerned with Todd, but hmm. they are. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of Todd's records and whatnot, you you have the original artwork for Bearswell, is that right? Yes, I do. Is that the one that we most commonly know, the the little bear, or was it something different? Well, no, that's on the, that's on the. Um, it's on the album. It's mm-hmm. on the album. Yes. Very cool. It's on the album. Mm-hmm. It flips back and forth. Um, I I drew it so it would do that and. Uh, I just took the Bearsville Bear and did it at an angle so that it, it flips. If you look at it, it flips back and forth. Mm-hmm. What are some other symbols you had on there, some symbolism other than the, the, the language that you did on there? Is there anything Well, well I, I drew, uh, I don't know how successful it was, but I, I the, Todd's portrait is as if you were inside his head looking out, out of his eyes. If you look at the, the portrait, then, uh, you'll see his nose is at me. He's totally inside out. It looks strange <laughs> because uh, your viewpoint is inside his brain, and you're looking out his eyes and through his uh, mouth and nose. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he, then you have the back of his head there too. In other words, you have a three-dimensional uh, um, picture of uh, of his whole head. Uh, I, I did another portrait since then that's, that's going to be in a, a museum. The person I did it of died, but uh, while he was alive, he came to me and he said, I, I want to do a portrait that no one else can see what I see, <laughs> that I'm the only one that can look at it, uh, that can see what uh, I said, okay, I'll, I'll do one better than that. So I did a box that you look into, that has mirrors on the inside, and it's, the title of it was "I Am You Are Me," because half of the face is the person that looks into the box, and the rest of it is actually more than 100% of the, the face of the person look that I painted the portrait of. But uh, one of the eyes is going to be. Uh, the eye of whatever person's looking into the painting and half the face would be. The only time he could see himself with both eyes is if he were looking into the box. And it projects images out in many directions. And at the same time, he said, I want you to design a house for me and a tombstone for my father who died recently. And um, the box itself, if it was reproduced in marble, 
at about four or four and a half feet high, becomes a tombstone for his father. And if you increase the same box, which is very spacey looking with many angles, uh, to a height of 55 feet and have the uh, large mirrored portion that folds out, uh, plus a huge mural on the wall, it's the house that I designed for him. Hmm. And uh, it's pretty interesting. It's, it's, I still have, I liked it so much I did a copy of the, the whole setup for myself so I can do the same thing. I am you or me. <laughs> also, I, I did something else for him. I did a painting of him, and um, he he said, I, I want you to change the expression, and I'm not going to pay you for doing the change. Now, most artists would go ahead and do the change, and I said, all right, well, okay, I'll tell you what I'll do. Uh, I, I didn't change it at all, and when I brought the painting back to him, he says, you didn't change it. I said, oh, yes, I did. <laughs> and I have five heads that attach magnetically flat over the painting, and they, they match the painting identically. I said, here. And I painted from memory five different expressions that are not the one in the painting. <laughs> I said, now, you, are, you have the... The painting itself, which you paid me a lot of money for, okay, any one of these five expressions, you have to pay me the same amount that you paid me for the original painting in the first place. <laughs> and I knew he was undecisive, and I came back. You know, he says, come back in three weeks, and I'll tell you which one I like. And I, I came back, and he said, I like all of them. Said, Therefore, you're going to have to pay me five times the amount that you originally paid for this painting. And it, it's a very unique painting because it, it comes out into your space. And uh, there's some fabric around the edging of each head. And um, he, is, he used this. When he died, uh, I made a special box for this particular the, the five heads that weren't mm -hmm. on the painting at the particular time, and uh, they are in five different directions. And then in the center of it is a container, which while he was alive, he kept his dope in marijuana. <laughs> because he had medical marijuana because he, he was dying of, of uh, uh, lung cancer. Mm -hmm. So we just took the marijuana out when he died, and he's in there now. <laughs> So uh, that's another art piece that's going to end up in a museum. So I just thought I'd run a couple of those things by you. Got a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. Well, I'll I'll get some of these sketches to you and uh, and I, what do you think of the idea of of um, of a steam train taking off into outer space? Sounds cool, man. If it's your idea, I'm sure it's going to look good. Uh, yeah, I like well, it. Well, you see, uh, that's uh, are you and. D, unless yeah, G-R-E-N, yeah. Well, a lot of people do that. Really? Uh -huh. You know, that's interesting because I can make the D flying off into space. <laughs> um, a symbolism there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cool. that'd be funny. Yeah. Okay, so um, before we let you run, because I can tell you got plenty going on, uh, do you want to talk a little bit about your home, the famous one? Oh, Broken Angel? Yeah. Well, <laughs> we got New York listeners. Yeah. Uh, I hope you have a few. Yeah. Yes. Well, P 
people in New York, uh, I might run for mayor to get rid of the one we have because he certainly doesn't know where we're at, uh, that's for sure. Uh, uh, as far as Broken Angel is concerned, I spent 28 years building this really great building. It was, you can still see it on the Internet. Uh, but uh, the this, this city decided that... Um, even though they let me do it with, without, you know, 28 years ago they came to me and they said, uh, fix it. I said, That's all they said. I said, what about permits? They said, Fab, forget about your permits. Fix it. So I fixed it all right. I, I changed a four-story building into a ten-story building. And uh, recently, uh, they, well, about three years ago, they came and arrested me. Now, they didn't have any right to do that in the first place because it had been dismissed four times in court. They, they tried to take me to court four different times, and they lost each time. So they finally got so frustrated that they arrested me and my wife and uh, put me out for the entire winter on the streets of New York and took possession of my house. Mm. And then when I got back, they made me tear down the, the top part that I added to it and... Uh, I did reluctantly do that, but, um, you know, they still came after me, and they're still bothering me, and uh, they uh, they consider me the Hannibal Lecter of architecture, <laughs> and uh, God forbid they would let me build anything. They've rejected everything I've designed since then, but um, I took off in another direction, and you'll probably hear about it. I... I uh, tackled the problem you have with the Statue of Liberty. I, I picked up a paper one day and I realized the Statue of Liberty um, was having problems that uh, they only allowed, uh, they, they stopped allowing the column of people coming up this spiral staircase uh, going to the top and now they cut it down to just 10 people at a time and uh, that cuts down the tourists like you wouldn't believe. Sure. So I said, well, it has to be a better solution. And, well, it looks like a... Hello? I guess we're still good. Yeah, well, I'm probably running out of my battery here on the cord phone. <laughs> but um, uh, anyways, I, I tackle that problem the way Arthur would. And Arthur, that's my other self. I said, let's go look <laughs> at it. I said, okay, where are we? I was standing with myself 300, and 300 feet up in the air directly behind the Statue of Liberty. And Arthur says to me, well, there's, your there's a solution to your problem. I said, what do you mean the solution? We're standing here 350 feet up in the air. He says, I want you to walk over to the statue. I says, hell no. There's nothing to walk on. And he says, have I ever let you down? And I said, no. Okay, so... He says, take one step and look down. So I took one step and I looked down and he said, what do you see? I said, a rainbow. He says, walk on the rainbow over to the statue. I said, well, it's 100 yards from here, 300 feet. He says, go. So I walked over and I got to the statue. And when I got there, the hair knot on the back of her head lifted up and I walked inside of her head <laughs> with Arthur. <laughs> and he said, oh, this isn't so far-fetched as you think. Yeah. He said, that's the solution of your of your problem, and it's got the coolest job in the world. I said, wait a minute. How do I do that? He said, well, you do that. I only gave you the concept. <laughs> okay, okay, so we started behind the Statue of Liberty. You have to give the statue its own space, so there's nothing approaching the statue. 
But behind it, there's plenty of space to build a, a building that's taller than the statue and has its glass, and it has eight glass elevators on either side. And on the top, there's an observatory and a, a couple of restaurants and um, a camera obscura and, and a few nightclubs. And directly from this building at arching back away from the building, there is a, a, a arched structure that houses a retractable bridge. And this bridge cantilevers out into open space until it reaches the back of the Statue of Liberty hair knot. And I call it the, the uh, rainbow bridge. It's lit up at night like a laser. Mm -hmm. And um, the coolest job is every day when you go over to connect the bridge, there's only one person, that can, two, two persons that can go on it until it's connected. And um, so you go out into outer space, and as you do, there's a water sp spray beneath it, which gives you the rainbow that I walked on, and it goes all the way over and connects up to the... It's a cool idea. Mm -hmm. I am making a model for it, and uh, maybe someday they'll realize it's pretty visionary and build it. So that's, about, that's about what I'm doing. Yep. Okay, I got to go now. All right, man. Hey, we appreciate you being on. I really, really do. We'll, we'll be in touch. Okay, Thanks sure. Thanks a lot. All right. Enjoyed being on. Thanks, man. All right, bye-bye. All right, everybody, so Arthur Wood, the original artist, artiste for A Wizard, A True Star. And just like the album cover, a little psychedelic. Would you agree, Cruiser Mel? It's all over the place. <laughs> it's all over the place like the album cover. But Mr. Lunder sent us the link, and we have confirmed that this website, Kempa, K-E-M-P-A dot com, they have a site about coded covers from 2004, uh, June the 2nd. They decoded a bunch, and they got it right. Well, at least, yeah, at least they know about this one. I, I haven't been to that site, so uh, I, I don't know, but I, that sounds like a fun time, you know, just yeah. there's not much to do. Just go hang out on that site and look up all your favorite album covers. In fact, yeah. I noticed while we were talking, you mentioned the little bear, and I, I was like, I don't remember ever seeing the little bear, but I have since found it. And I found a little flamingo that I had never seen before. Ah, my, one of my favorite songs on the album. Of course, I like Yeah. Yeah, so uh, um, I think Todd told us when he was on uh, last time that he didn't know what that language was, so we might have to send him the information. Yeah. Have to li listen again. I think that's what he said. He said that it was his own language. And he could have said some worse things, I guess. It's kind of cool. Kind of philosophical what he said. So it's... Um, Nice. Very interesting. Arthur Wood, thank you very much for being on the show. Yep, that was a nice surprise. I wasn't sure we were going to get him, but he was a tough one to have down, and if you didn't catch what he was saying, he is interested in helping us do the poster for the official AWOTS Akron gig, which let's get into announcements. Speaking of, we have decided to go for a second one. Yes. It is official. It is going to be Monday, September the 7th. A repeat gig from Sunday, September the 6th, same place, Akron Civic Theater. It's going to be a blast. A Watch 2. Yay! Yeah, and it'll be, it's starting an hour early in case people need to get up early the next day. Yeah, a lot of people have to go back work Tuesday, so we decided to start an hour early, hoping that that would help. 
So I know some people can't stow, but if you can, you're going to have a good time. And I tell you what, people that go Sunday and think they're not going to go Monday, mm, mm, mm. I don't oh, see I them leave without tears now. That's you. Ooh, I do feel bad for you if you can't stay for Monday. Mm-mm-mm. Yep. So that's the tour in September. Todd is touring right now. He's in Connecticut tonight again at Infinity Hall. It was a sellout, I'm pretty sure. And that is, let's see, Lois is there. Grady Motes is there, we know. Um, looks like Mike B's not there. <laughs> I thought he was going. Or maybe the other Mike B. I don't know. I can't keep up with the chat room. But um, good show, I'm sure. And then where else is he going, Cruiser Mel? Uh, this weekend on the 3rd, I think that's Friday, he's going to be in Detroit at City Fest. And on the 4th of July, he's going to be at Rib Fest, which is in Napier, Napierville, Illinois. Mm-hmm. I don't know where that is. But they eat a lot of ribs there. So. Yep, Rib yeah. Fest. Yeah, it, and then huh? uh, there's nothing after that that we are aware of. I guess it's possible that... Uh, Todd might throw another little mini tour in, but I, you know, maybe he's going to be working this summer on AWATS. That would be cool. Yes. That would be very cool. Speaking of concerts, and speaking of BB Buell, who I brought up, uh, Arthur couldn't understand my question apparently, but BB was with Todd at the time. They were walking down the street and they saw the artwork, and Todd just liked his artwork so much he knocked on the door and you heard the rest of the story. BB was in concert at Hiroshima in New York, and I have heard from reports that Liv Tyler was there. So I wish I would have gone. Uh. <laughs> oh, man, wouldn't that be cool to walk in and see her? Something else. Yeah. Anywho. Certainly would. So anyway, we were talking about BB. Yeah. She was got a new album? A, yep. She was uh, launching her new album. It is uh, called Air Kisses for the Masses. And you can get it on iTunes, I guess. Right? I know she's got it mentioned on her website, which is bbbuell.org. bbbuell.org. Very nice. All right. There's a link on there where you can go to to purchase it. Yep. Then we got our buddy Roger Powell, who will be with the AWOTS band for that week, for our two shows at least. Uh, He has got an album out as well. It's been out for six months or so, I think. I don't really know. Called Blue Note Ridge. You can get that everywhere. iTunes, CD Baby, all that good stuff. It is all piano based. So check it out, mm-hmm. Roger Powell. Speaking oh, of while Roger, while we're mentioning albums that are out by peripheral characters in Todd's world, <laughs> uh, I want to mention that at ChasmStore.com you can purchase. The basement tapes, Chasm's basement tapes, as a download for nine dollars, which is a bargain, because you can't you can't get a copy of that anywhere anymore. No, I think there were four hundred of those made or something. They they've been gone for a long time. So, Carrie and her infinite wisdom decided to make it available to people. Was that her idea? You think? I think it was. Ah, she's she's whipping that Chasm into shape, I guess. Well, and you failed to mention that Chasm is also in the A Watts Akron band. Mm-mm. Well, wait a minute. Oh, I didn't. I just said. Oh yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Casim will be the bass player in the Awats Akron band. Carrie, speaking of her and Dave, had an anniversary the other night. Happy anniversary to them. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. What a sweet couple. Good. Good peeps. Good peeps. 
Very good. Yep. Speaking of Roger, we were talking about Roger Powell. Let's go to Roger Linder. What's he All got right. going on, Cruiser Mel? What you got? What's he got going on? You tell me. Well, um, besides his great website, trconnection.com, he is hosting Todd Fest West in August on the 22nd. So get a hold of Roger if you want to be there, and uh, he can tell you how to get there, what to do, what to bring, um, besides your sweet selves. So August 22nd, Todd Fest West. ToddFestWest.com. See pictures of the past, see what's going on. Sounded like Bourgeois Tag may be going to that party. I know. I know. Isn't that that? cool? That is cool. I really, I need to figure out if I can get to the West Coast on that day. It'll be fine. It's a little close to Akron, but you know, hey, uh, uh, that date anyway. uh, I was going to say, it's not close to Akron. (laughs) (laughs) But it sure sounds like a good time, so... What did you think of that that talk with Bourgeois and Tag last week? Very that was enjoyable. kind of, kind yep. of uh, intellectual at times. <laughs> yes, you could say that. I know there were a bunch of people in the chat room going all, "What? Why are we talking about this?" Uh, but I found it really, really a good interview. And those guys, they're really fun. I'd, I'd love to meet them personally. They're they're really, really nice, fun guys. You go to Todd Fest West, you might. Yeah, it was funny. We had some people. Uh, talking about, you know, change the music versus religion, and I'm thinking, you must have forgot 2004 Liars CD, come on. Uh There's lots of religion in Todd's music, come on. So get over yourselves. All right. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) they were fun. We let our guests talk about whatever they want, including Arthur Wood, and I'm not sure what exactly all he said, but I'll listen to Archive and try to figure it out. Right. How about that? So we got one more announcement. What's sort that? of. What? Michelle Rundgren, our guest recently, of course, is going to be doing her Bad Dates or Bad Boyfriends show with Pippi uh-huh. in Austin, Texas in October. She just completed some in Hawaii, and apparently it was a big hit. People loved it. Yeah. So we're trying to develop a name because we are going to encourage people to go. We will put forth a function to pack it out one night over there, maybe Halloween night for example, might be fun. So all I've come up with so far is Pippi Stock. If you have a better suggestion, I'm open to it. Pip stock. We are going to do something. You can make on that. Oh, does this have anything to do with the fact that it, that your birthday is on Halloween? Shh, that's not true. I think I think what they need to do is, is Michelle needs to get with your wife and get bad dating stories about <laughs> There aren't any. It would be a boring play because it would be silent. It would be a silent movie. Ah, oh, I beg to differ. <laughs> I'm sure she's got she one or two bad dates. Well. Yeah, probably so. Maybe a few. <laughs> maybe a few. Actually not, because usually when you're dating and courting, you do everything right. It's after marriage, there may be some stories. Then you come Oh, uh, well, maybe they'll have to write a sequel play. <laughs> yeah, that's what they ought to be. Bad husbands or bad husband dates or something, whatever. All right, enough of that stuff about bad. <laughs> no more, no moss. Oh, Getting a little too uh, too tender there, huh? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Speaking of tender, according to the AWOTS album, Tenderness is the Secret to Love, as far as I can see. Mm. That has been deciphered on the album, Arthur Wood. Uh, okay. How about that? We'll take All that right. as fact. Yep. All right. So we got to apologize to our listeners because we have 
not really uh, been announcing our guest on time and lining it up for the future because we've been a little busy trying to do these AWATS gigs, which I'm sure are appreciated by some people, so that's cool. But we will get back on the stick. We have been working, trying to get some more guests. We've got some folks lined up. We'll be announcing that soon. So we're back on target with that. Of course, tonight we had Arthur Wood, which was cool as I'll get out. But we weren't prepared. We weren't sure if he was going to be on or not because he wouldn't commit to me, but we ended up getting him, so it worked out. I have uploaded a excellent interview to keep the theme going of Watts. This is actually about Deface the Music, but it's Roger Powell and Todd who are both going to be in this gig, which has three or four Utopians when you think of the last group of Utopians. So why don't we take a listen to that? It's about 20 minutes. This is a Robert Klein show in 1980. Ooh. Todd Runner and Roger Powell. Are we ready? I'm ready. Are you? Well, I think we should take a little commercial break first. Let's go with Greg Hawks. We'll be right back. You'll get to hear this interview. Robert Klein with Roger Powell and Todd Rungren. Hi, this is Greg Hawks, and you're listening to Rungren Radio. I don't know what that cologne is, but it's working like a charm. Makes it easy to imagine walking you on my arm, on my arm. I want to show you around the site, but not tonight. This is Eric Gardner. You're listening to RungrenRadio.com. Now back to Robert Klein. We're back. Talking to Todd Rundgren and Roger Powell of Utopia. And I just brought up a science connection earlier. Uh, Todd, you are a, a video fanatic, but you have the ultimate, I understand, an unbelievable studio up, upstate New York near Woodstock, and that you do concerts to keep the thing going and out of hock. Is that true, or just a rumor? And <laughs> the bills are unbelievable, yes. The, uh, <clears throat> the studio is more or less a production tool for, uh, for my own ideas. I guess we do a lot. We do some outside uh, projects, but mostly it's a tool for Utopia Video Productions, which is... Um, an alternative force in the video world. Weren't you guys one of the earliest on that cube experiment? A friend of mine, Harlan Kleinman, I think, organized it originally or something. Out of Columbus. Yeah, out of Columbus, Ohio. Tell us about that, Roger, where the audience could could react as you were performing and after the performance and call you up. Yeah, it takes cable TV one step further. Um, Mm -hmm. You have a cable hookup, but you also have a box in your home. And the box has little buttons, and they will have a TV show, and they'll say, let's, you know say what you like in of this category or something, you know, they can vote back. So we had them choose what songs we were to play at one point uh-huh. uh, out of a choice. And, of course, they made the wrong choices. But <laughs> it was fun. But you can actually, you have immediate feedback with the television audience. Wasn't it disconcerting, though, in the middle of your playing to say, good, stinks, good, <laughs> as, as it went along? We didn't ask those questions. Get those little electric shocks? No. You have to know what question you <laughs> No, folks here, I don't know if you know this, but Roger invented 
Roger, first of all, is considered an expert on the synthesizer, one of the most difficult instruments to pronounce. <laughs> and, uh, one has a tendency to say, and another one that you invented called the probe, is it, that weighs eight pounds, fits around your neck, and is good for the mummer's parade, isn't it? No, it's a giant tongue depressor. A giant tongue depressor. You can actually carry this move around the stage with you around your neck. Yeah, it's just... Uh, and your posture is awful afterwards. Oh, no, no, it's much lighter, actually, than a Les Paul guitar. How does the thing work? Is it wired up? And... Well, yeah, you can go out on the street, on mm -hmm. some streets, <laughs> and you can buy a uh, synthesizer, which will do everything that my instrument will do, except you can't carry it around your neck because they weigh like 75, 80 pounds. So I took the parts that, that your hands touch, which are the keys, mm -hmm. a few of the switches, and had them mounted in a deluxe, elegant fiberglass shell, mm. um, which has a small cable the coming land out of roof. Right. <laughs> <laughs> With flocking along the side, mm -hmm. swimming pool down You have things written on it like Betsy, you know. <laughs> My axe. STP sticker on mm -hmm. the bottom. Actually, my axe is, that was the inspiration for doing the thing. You know, as a keyboard player, the trend is to have more and more stacks of keyboards. And I just mm -hmm. thought, well, you know, you're not like a guitar player anymore. You don't have an axe. You know, you don't, hey, I got my axe in my car. And you got a grand piano and 14, right. you know, other things. So I came up with this idea and had, you know, had it put together. And it's been, uh, it's been good to me. that we have available for us, you know, in the electronic age are very young. If you look at them on the scale of, say, you know, when the piano came out, people were, uh, were astounded and had no idea what to do with it and said, this thing won't last, you know, nobody's writing any music for it. Mm -hmm. So we're really at the same stage with synthesizers. You know, it's hard to find any virtuosi on the synthesizer because the instrument's only been around 15 years. I think the problem with synthesizers or, or a body of work for a synthesizer, you know, or qualifying the synthesizer as a legitimate instrument is that it doesn't have a single characteristic sound. And so it's impossible to document. There's no standard language for saying this is what the sound looks like. It could be so know, many things. Yeah, you know, it's like everyone sure. has theories of how, you know, you can get so many different sounds. Everyone has theories of how to document what a sound looks like. You know. you know, the unions were upset about that because it, it could replace a good 20 violinists with one or person. Or 20 bad violinists. Uh, or <laughs> one good night. I have to say about you, it's my own. You're a pretty versatile guy and uh, you've had a big career as a producer too and I don't know, a lot of you know uh, some of the people that Todd has produced in Hall and Oates and our friend Meatloaf, who's a fair softball pitcher. And uh, Alice Cooper and Sean Cassidy, that's an unusual range of things. And the Perry Como Christmas album <laughs> in the succeeding year. You, uh, you like equally to, uh, to produce and to perform. And Do you think it's a dictatorship and, and, and not to be voted on? Do you take charge? And do you think things have to be controlled by one person pretty much in that thing? Uh, with consultation. But... The way that we work in uh, the utopian context is... Um... Ooh. Ooh, that sounds good is we've come to a uh, decision about decisions, which is that um, everyone's decision has equal uh, 
degree of weight as long as they have a decision. Um, more often than not, there it gets to a, a nexus, and nobody has any idea. Nobody has, you know, it's like no votes rather than uh, four votes. And it's just whoever comes up with an affirmative direction, um, that's usually the direction we go in, unless somebody can come up with a better idea. You, know. you see, it's no good to just say, I don't like it. That's mm -hmm. no good. That's not a valid statement. You have to say, well, you know, maybe we should try it this way. You know, would you please try it this way for me once? And then everybody else says, no, you're fired. Oh. <laughs> no, it, it works out pretty well, actually. I think the key question is pretty much now, what is a nexus? <laughs> That's the, the name of our new band. Was was that a, a, it was a dirty word I managed to sneak by. Was that an impasse? <laughs> is that an impasse? Uh, no, it's, a, uh, it's the, it's the uh, point where two lines cross. Oh, 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 because a lot of our listeners around the country are taking the college board shortly. Yeah. And uh, it's pretty handy to know things like that, because they'll able to pull that one on you. And, uh, you know, if the college bowl ever comes back, take it, Harvard. You want to know those. <laughs> I like using good words, and I'm glad you did. I don't want to discourage you. Here's a few more big ones. Synapse. <laughs> Which one was that? Synapse. But that's scientific. That's not fair. This guy's a wizard. There was a review, um, Billboard Wizardry, they call that new album. Brilliance or Blasphemy, says Record World. What are they talking about here? Yes, it's just big words, I guess. Yeah. yeah. And, of course, they were very favorable, so let it happen, you know. Yeah. I read a quote of yours where you said, uh, Todd, that you always wanted to do humor on a record. And, yeah. And that's one of the reasons why you decided to push this one through, huh? Well, it's, the record didn't actually turn out as humorous, I think, as we intended. Like, we were thinking more humor in terms of the Bonzo dog band or something <laughs> like that. But um, <laughs> we may get to that, you know, very humorous album. I think our humor is maybe a little too inside some, to some extent. Yeah. The album reflects our own, uh, our own uh, pattern of uh, enchantment and disenchantment with the... Uh, um, with the original concept itself. When Sgt. Pepper came out, I didn't immediately run out and buy some acid and, you know, take all the acid I could find. Mm -hmm. um, and subsequently, I didn't understand a lot of what, what, you know, what everybody was raving about. So most of the songs are, are patterned after uh, events that uh, precluded the uh, dropping of the orange barrel, yellow window pane, sunshine. substance. Direct electrode input to the brain for all the pleasure senses. And 
stimulation of the, the Roger Powell self-trepanation kit. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I'm inventing a back scratching machine. I'm all for that. I played uh, some place uh, uh, out in Lake Tahoe some uh, some months ago, and they had machines that put the martinis directly into your bloodstream. You didn't have to drink them. It was a tremendous convenience for all the people that wanted to gamble. We'll be back shortly with a big live performance here. It's going to rock this room apart with the Blue Angel. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Okay. What? A very young man, and he's been a producer and an artist, and has uh, a wonderful band called Utopia. We have uh, Todd Rundgren and Roger Powell from Utopia. And uh, we have a live performance, one of our features here. We have a couple of numbers by Blue Angel. And we hope you enjoy that right here, an exciting live performance. And a real witty rock and roll smoothie, uh, Stephen Bishop. Oh, is he moaning Stephen Bishop. And Robert Klein will be here, too, all after this message from Fabergé. So hold on, will you? Some of your people sense about the uh, utopia thing that, uh, even in the name, I didn't look it up, but it's sort of perfection, isn't it? I, I think that uh, there are a lot of misconceptions about what the, what the word literally means. I mean, there's utopia as a word, and there's utopia as the name of this particular band. Uh, utopia was first used, first commercially exploited by Thomas Moore in his... Uh, in his novel um, about a uh, hypothetical society or something like that. Yeah, it's considered like the perfect place where everything is great. It actually means uh, nowhere, which people like to uh, to use to our disadvantage, especially the British press. They like to call us nowhere men. But it means no. It means nowhere because it's supposed to be something which is uh, very difficult to attain. The new album is called Deface the Music. Let, let's get to it. I, I don't know if you'll be offended by this, but maybe this will be unbelievable to you. It kind of reminded me of the Beatles. Unbelievable. Really? Roger. I mean, I mean, Nobody I'm else takes it that The way. first time anybody's ever said that. <laughs> now, tell us about how you wrote it originally for this, uh, the soundtrack of uh, the roadie, the movie, and, and a little bit about what happened. Um, one of the songs on the album... Um, Specifically, the one entitled I Just Want to Touch You was right. written for uh, the movie called The Roadie. That's big box office hit <laughs> we all remember so well. Didn't work out, but that's okay. Well, it's, you know, maybe if they used our song. Who knows? Never heard it. Um, we wrote this song. They requested a song from us because we had done some work with uh, Alice Cooper um, for the soundtrack. And... They thought they'd give us a break and let us do a song for the uh, movie. And we did the song, and it had this kind of this aura about it that uh, tended to remind people of a certain overrated 60s act. <laughs> and uh, we sent it to them, and they said that they were afraid of some kind of legal complication with the tune. For I don't beats me. Wow. Why? Beats me, too. Beats me. And so instead, they released a Cheap Trick song that sounded like a certain overrated <laughs> 60s 
so uh, we, whenever something like that happens, for, I don't know why, it's some, I guess, spite figures heavily in our uh, musical uh, direction. We figured their reaction was so strong to it and that we should definitely do a whole album of this material. <laughs> this reflexive, you know, kind of thing. Really? That yeah. if it caused that much of a stir... We like to make a big splash. Yeah, as far as you know, I don't like to be Rona Barrity about it, but, I mean, has there been any reaction from any of those four mop tops from Liverpool? I don't know. I uh, haven't heard anything directly. Yeah. Or has this given you an idea, possibly, to do Todd Rundgren mania and <laughs> have clones? Or, or I think we're going to call it the noodles. Yeah, I mean, meet the noodles. Noodle mania. going to do the Dave Clark Five next. <laughs> it's a parody of even a cover. A tribute, please. A tribute. Yeah. Roger, tell me, what is this about the British press? Well, actually, they're, they're doing a little better by us at this point, because we've just done an album of uh, uh, quasi-English music, so now they're very hot on us, but uh, before, they, uh, I guess they resented the American invasion. <laughs> really? Then the uh, English press is notoriously um, notorious because they uh, <laughs> they have their uh, they no have their own sort of little clique of uh, of personalities. Um, a lot of the times they don't write anything about music; they write about the clothes you're wearing. The uh, you know yeah. What uh, qualifies them? I mean, you say are they qualified? Yeah, well, that's why I ask. You know, I, I believe that criticism in general, in a just. In, in a general sense about almost any field is good because it tends, if people know what they're writing about, to trim, to, to, to eliminate, to set standards, so to speak. And there are no critics for the critics. Of course. There's nobody to trim down <laughs> the critics. Of course. You know, things in print have a, have a tendency to hold a kind of uh, mystic truth only because they're, they're in print. That seems official, and of course it's nonsense. Well, you know, it, in a certain way, it, it, it's much less effective than what you're doing because people will listen to your records a year from now or two years from now or five years from now maybe you know but reviews usually wind up doggy papers long before that it's more wrapping issues and kindling and all that i think that's very true i want to talk about uh... science you guys have a big science connection and uh, yes yeah, science and rock the science connection you have to know that these two fellows are very much interested in innovation and in fact Roger I would say is the Thomas Edison of rock actually that's my own name I made I'm it more up. interested in innovation myself Todd Rundgren is more interested in innovation we'll hear all about that in a moment right after this word so stay tuned you know where do you Japanese people show you oh we we always shop in Los Angeles very good deals in the United States you know we buy everything in the United States. Thank you for leaving. I remember when Made in Japan was a cheap thing. Rundgren, you, uh, haven't you performed there? <laughs> uh, I've been to Japan a I'm couple sorry times to wake there. you up there, but come on. <laughs> come along. there twice. Were you? Yeah. But it uh, depends what you're shopping for. You know, it's hmm. like I don't go, I usually don't buy things that you can buy in the United States in Japan. I just buy things you can only buy in Japan in Japan. But I thought, I thought like Sony, I thought there'd be all this terrific new electron. I'm also, new, I play asteroids just about every day, actually. <laughs> I'm hooked. In video. <laughs> it's the best. A video um, game. I thought I'd get all these good deals, or I, I thought I'd find new things over there. But things from Sony come here first. To New York before first, yeah. There's a, a special phrase you have to know over there. 
Give me your best cash price. <laughs> no, Roger, I it's not fair. You have the best voice of all of us. I'm sorry, Roger. Used to be in radio. Stephen, he used to be in radio in Virginia, right? That's right. I can give him a nice sharp rap in the throat if you want. <laughs> Come on, Todd. We, you're versatile enough, man. And uh, anyone that produced a meatloaf album has to be in good shape there because... Why? I don't know. He's a raucous fellow. Uh, so what, what about the Philippines, too? That was, uh, what? The food was weird. Um, uh, nice I don't, little people have no concept. Filet of pussycat or something like that. <laughs> close. Something Very close. Um, around 11 o'clock at night, there's this guy walking up and down the streets. I was like in a lot of rural areas, staying with friends and people I met. And there's this guy who walks down the street with this big basket full of these things called balut. And he shouts out, balut, balut, you know. And what they are, they're these, this is really gross. There's like these duck eggs, they're duck embryos. Uh -huh. And they're like, not like hard boiled, and uh -huh. and people eat it in the dark. Uh -huh. Hey, thank you. We had a wonderful time. I want to thank everyone, Todd Rundgren. I'd like to thank Roger Powell and Utopia, and Stephen Bishop and Blue Angel gave us a live performance. Red Cab to Manhattan. Deface the music tonight. We'll see you next week. Thanks, audience. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us this evening. Be with us next week when Robert's guests will be Blondie, Peter Chris, and a live performance by Billy Burnett. The Robert's Line Radio Show was brought to you by Brute for Men. Make every day your Brute Day with Brute by Fabergé and fabulous babe cologne and antiperspirants to keep you dry and babe fresh all day. And the original Fabergé organic shampoo and conditioner with pure wheat germ oil and honey. Also by Mergiani International, makers of Gloria Vanderbilt teamware and playware, TV Juniors, and new Mergiani menswear. The Robert Klein Radio Show was taped in front of a studio audience. If you'd like to join us, please write to the Robert Klein Radio Show, PO Box 800, Radio City Station, New York City, 10019. Produced by Sandra Ferton, executive producer Josh Feigenbaum, engineered by Mike Moran, production manager Cheryl Gordon. This has been a Frobin production. See you next week. Live online talk radio for Todd fans. This is RungrenRadio.com. If you're listening to Rungren Radio, you're amongst the coolest humans or maybe aliens in the universe. that interview cruiser mail robert klein oh my goodness that was a great interview oh that was fun fun stuff yeah yeah and and they were mentioning uh blue angel which that, i believe that was cindy lauper's band before cindy lauper went solo really i think so wow i could be wrong but i am 99 percent sure we had to do the little mercenary promo clip because arena is still active including tonight in Connecticut and you got Detroit on Friday, you got Chicago Rip Fest on Saturday. 
don't forget those gigs. That's right. Get out there, buy your tickets, go see Arena. I don't know when you'll get to see Arena again, so you may as well go see it now. Got the trough, too. The trough hasn't happened yet, has it? Oh, when is that? Wait a minute. No, that was, wait, where's my list? (laughs) Boo. Yeah, that's the first. Excellent. When is the first? Is that tomorrow? tomorrow. Ooh, okay. I must have skipped that one. I'm sorry, guys. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everybody. I guess that's going to be a wrap, Cruiser Mail. We had Arthur Wood, the original Arthur Wood, who did the artwork for AWOTS. Because we have AWOTS 2 now booked for Akron on Monday, September the 7th at 7 p.m. The Sunday gig is at 8 p.m. Back-to-back shows for the hardcore Todd fans. You don't want to miss them. It's going to be a blast. Yeah. And, guys, we're sorry that uh, it seems like we're uh, falling down on the Rundgren radio job. We're really trying not to. We just got – we're just sidetracked with some – Seeing what we can do about putting some shows together for you guys. That's what we're doing. Live shows. Live shows. Live shows. But we'll we'll be back every Tuesday night, and we'll come up with something good every week. Yep. All right. We're going to leave you with a little music for a few minutes, and we'll catch you next Tuesday, same bat time, same bat channel. That is 8.30 Eastern Time, RungerRadio.com. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week. Go get your tickets for AWOTS 2 in Akron. Have fun if you're going to see Todd this weekend or tomorrow. We love you. Good night. Say bye, Mel. Good night. Thank you very much. When are you going to host Saturday Night Live? Ah, tulips. You're the first tulips I've had. And an onion head.
And your heart will fly on wings forever
This is Todd Rundgren, and you're listening to RundgrenRadio.com. You are the crest of the crown, my friend. Well, thank you so much for your support. We love you, Gabriel! 